how to cook your first five plant-based Japanese dishes fast and without soy. You're listening to the Daidokoro Video Podcast. Hi, I'm Pat Tokuyama, and you're about to discover some of the tastiest ways to feed your mind, body, and soul. A pharmacist by training, you may know me as the founder of All Day I Eat Like a Shark, the food blog, YouTube channel, or as author of several Japanese cookbooks. If you desire to live a healthy life and are looking for a different way forward with a hunger for growth, then this video podcast is for you. Daidokoro is a Japanese term for kitchen. And I'm glad you're here. With each episode, we're going to be bringing clarity to your cooking by blending Japanese tradition and life lessons into bite-sized bits that even a shark would enjoy. Ready to make some magic happen? Sometimes the most difficult thing is just getting started. So let's break down that barrier and start with five simple steps that you can take if you're getting started with plant-based Japanese cooking. And you can do all five steps for just one meal or many. And if you're wondering why without soy, I'll tell you all about it as we finish. So the first step is going to be to start with a simple green leafy salad. These can be greens related to kale, if you like kale, maybe baby greens, if you like red leaf lettuce or any kind of lettuce, maybe even romaine lettuce or a mixture of all three of those. And what you can do is use a Japanese dressing. So if you know about whole food, plant-based foods, it's all about emphasizing as many whole foods as possible. And as it pertains to dressings, you may know sometimes there's a lot of oil or other processed ingredients in them. However, when it comes to Japanese dressings, sometimes you don't need to use all of those processed ingredients or even oil. In fact, two of my favorite Japanese dressings are ponzu and aojiso. Ponzu is usually a citrus and soy sauce based dressing. And then aojiso is actually a soy sauce and shiso based dressing. If you didn't know, shiso is a green leafy herb. It's got a very nice uh, aroma and flavor. Typically it's grown in the summertime in abundance in Japan. But if you don't have access to it, it's very simple to grow at home. If you can grow basil or any kind of herb, or even if you kill your plants, you can probably grow shiso because it's a very hardy herb to grow. I'll link a seed source in the description if you're interested in growing your own. But as far as the salad goes, I think that's one of the easiest things that you could do, not only with plant-based Japanese food, but also just general plant-based foods as far as getting started. So once you accomplish step one, once that's complete, I think you can go on to step two and build upon that salad. So that's going to be adding things like vegetables, maybe roasted vegetables. Some of my favorites, for example, are kabocha, Japanese pumpkin, uh, satsumaimo, which is a Japanese sweet potato. So you can roast some onions as well. Uh, Roasted onions go great with both of those, with both of those ingredients that I just mentioned. You can even throw in some roasted tomatoes, roasted squash, as well as whole grains, you know, like farro, um, bulgur, or which is similar to farro. You can use wheat, whole wheat grains, as well as barley, even things like quinoa or even lentils. Sprouted lentils are some of my favorite things to use. If you've seen some of my YouTube videos where I use those in my Japanese recipes, very nutritious, got a unique nutty, earthy flavor and go great with salads. On top of that, if you want a little bit of a sweet or sour or tart flavor profile or some, I guess, complexity added to your tasty salad, or now it's going to be more like a grain bowl, what you can also do is add in some seasonal fruits, fresh seasonal fruits, whatever you have in season. is a good way to sweeten things up and also add a little bit of additional flavor on top of what you're already using. Totally optional, of course. And last but not least, you can also add in some nuts. So not just straight plain nuts out of the bag or wherever you get your nuts, but toasted. Toasting the nuts helps to bring out a lot of the flavor and also the aroma and makes for a nice 
texture and it also makes the salad a little bit more filling so that it's more like a meal instead of just a side salad. So now that you've accomplished step one, which is just making a green leafy salad, step two, which is turning that salad into more of a bowl or more of a whole meal based on all of the ingredients that we're adding to it, the third step is going to be to add a soup. This is becoming more of a complete meal at this point. And some of the simplest ways that you can make a soup plant-based is by taking a vegetable, roasting it in the oven, or even just cooking it in the microwave for a little bit, and then throwing it into a pot with some vegetable stock, or even better, dashi. So Japanese dashi is typically made with a variety of different ingredients. And if you're trying to be plant-based, some of the simplest ways that you can make it are using a little bit of kombu as well as a little bit of dried shiitake mushrooms, letting that sit in some water overnight. And then you have plant-based dashi that you can use for a variety of different things. So once you have your pureed vegetables and then your dashi, you can mix those together, cook it for 30 to 40 minutes or even longer. And then you can puree everything together and you'll have a nice vegetable soup that you can eat with your salad or your grain bowl salad. And to dress things up, if you have some fresh herbs or even some dried herbs, you can add in those to add some additional flavor. Alternatively, if you want something a little bit more traditional, you can make miso soup using the plant-based dashi that I just told you about. And I will link that recipe in the description of the show notes so that you can access it and take a look and make it yourself. Give it a shot if you haven't tried that yet. It's a great alternative to powdered dashi, dashi that comes in little tea packets or any other form of dashi that you might find at the supermarket. And going back to the vegetable soup really quick, I just remembered if you don't have access to kabocha or Japanese pumpkin, some alternatives that you could use is butternut squash, just regular potato with some onion, make that more of like a pataju or potage. I don't really speak French, but you know, the French style uh, vegetable soup. And you can even throw in some plant milk like almond milk, unflavored, of course, got to make sure that it's not flavored so it doesn't affect the flavor of the soup and make it sweet or vanilla, vanilla-y because you want a savory soup, I'm thinking, not a sweet vanilla soup. And then puree all that together and it makes for a very simple and satisfying and filling soup, cider soup. So now that you've done steps one, two, and three, step four is going to be adding on one more dish. So this is going to be another small side. It could be something like a whole wheat pasta. Got to use whole wheat, of course. Brown rice, which is considered like a whole food as well. Or other types of salads or little dishes, also known as okazu in Japanese, to go with your other dishes that we have created so far. And what this is going to do is add in another dish for you to enjoy. So you're going to take little bite-sized pieces of each dish. You're going to enjoy them thoroughly by chewing 20 times like I had mentioned in my previous episodes, like my grandma told me about. And uh, that's going to help to give you a little bit of variety in your meal, which I'm sure many people enjoy, at least I do. And what you can do to make it, I guess, go with all of these other dishes that we've made so far is put a Japanese spin on it, of course. So if you're going to be doing something with whole wheat pasta, you might want to be using some Japanese ingredients like soy sauce for the seasoning as well as maybe shiokoji or even our favorite herb, shiso. So those are three things that I like to put in a tomato pasta, for example, like a tomato spaghetti or even the tomato uh, penne. So Japanese style, of course, thanks to those ingredients. Um, alternatively, if you're going to be making rice, brown rice, uh, you can use the little packets of whole grains, which you can also get at your local Japanese supermarket or on Amazon and make something like zakokumai, which is zakokumai is a mixture of grains and you stir that into your rice and it makes for a nice texture and also color because usually there's some purple or black rice in there that helps to color the rice, a little bit of a pinkish purplish hue, and it also helps to add some nutrition and texture. 
So if you don't have access to that, you can actually make your own multi-grain mixture packet. You're just going to put in like a couple tablespoons for a couple cups of rice and stir that in there as you cook it in your rice machine. Those are our first four steps. Pretty easy, right? If you have any suggestions or if I missed anything, let me know in the comments. Or if you have any feedback, also make sure to leave me a voicemail if you haven't already, if you'd like to contribute to this podcast and a future episode. Okay, so last but not least, we have step five, which is going to be our dessert. So we're going to round things out with a little bit of a sweet flavor or sweet notes. And as you know, whole food plant-based foods means trying to eat foods as close to their natural state as possible. So that means fruit. Fruit is one of my favorite ways to enjoy sweet foods. And as far as making it whole food plant-based, as well as Japanese, I got a couple options for you. The first is gonna be to make a chia pudding. Chia pudding is one of my favorite ways to enjoy chia seeds, as well as some of the plant milks that I make. All you gotta do is mix in usually a quarter cup of chia seeds with about two cups of plant milk and mix it up. I usually just shake it in a canning jar really well, make sure that it's evenly distributed because it tends to settle at the bottom if you've ever done that, and then let it sit in the refrigerator overnight. And then the next day you have chia pudding. You can actually add in some matcha powder, maybe a teaspoon or two, depending on how strong you like your matcha, and then add in some fresh fruit on top and have that for dessert. So those are two different ways that you can enjoy a nice Japanese plant-based dessert. Now we have completed five simple steps for you to get started cooking plant-based Japanese foods fast. So if you remember at the beginning of this episode, I said that uh, one of the things that we were doing for this for these five steps is that we're going to be making everything without soy and the reason that i did that is because soy gets a bad rap and uh, it's very unfortunate because soy is a very versatile plant food it can be used for anything that's savory or sweet and as you know in japanese cuisine and asian cuisine it's used in a variety of different dishes not only for soy sauce for example but tofu okara yuba and all of the other different soy dishes that you might get to enjoy if you ever visit japan because it gets a bad rap it's unfortunate um, there isn't really any marketing firm or big uh, pharmaceutical company that's out there doing the marketing for it to change people's uh, beliefs about soy and uh, maybe this is something that we can talk about at a future episode and it is only a plant, so it doesn't really have any way to fight back against all of those bad words, the wadaguchi or the uh, unchi talk, and uh, really stand up for itself against all the, the lies and the, the bullying, if you will, against it. Um, but I digress. In the future, maybe we'll discuss, but I will leave some references for you in the show notes or the resources section that you can do some reading up on um, after we're done and educate yourself. And last but not least, if you do like soy, make sure to check out my tofu cookbook, Tofu Diori, which you can find on Amazon if you just search for my name or the soy workshop on my website, aldiait.com. So I'm curious, if you guys enjoy this episode, let me know in the comments below. Send me a voicemail if you would like to contribute to a future podcast. And if I missed anything or if you have other suggestions or tips, please share them in the comments section so that we can all learn from each other. Thanks for joining us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. And if you haven't yet, it'd mean a lot to me if you could share your thoughts in a review on iTunes to let me know what you think of this new video podcast. Um, Then I can take that feedback and make things better for next time. And to celebrate the launch of this brand new video podcast, we are going to be doing a little giveaway. All you got to do to enter is subscribe and send us a screenshot of your review. Make sure to check out the link in the description or show notes for all the details. And I'd encourage you to share this with a friend or a loved one because if you've gotten value out of it, chances are they will too. 
Want to try cooking Japanese food at home from scratch? Head over to alldayie.com slash aisatsu, A-I-S-A-T-S-U, to get started today. And if you're new here, make sure to check out alldayie.com slash daidokoro, D-A-I-D-O-K-O-R-O, for all the show notes, bonus materials, resources, and more.